It's the Fire Zone Show. We are back. We are back. Took a little week off last week. I put myself on the injury report, and then I ruled myself out for last week. <laughs> 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 but we're, we we got NIR, rest, yeah. ankle injury. <laughs> yeah. yeah, vet day slash ankle injury. <laughs> and then out. <laughs> and out. <laughs> out. You were questionable, not even, not even doubtful. You just went out. Straight out. <laughs> but, you know, hey, when you get your veterans that get up there like that, sometimes that happens. You know, you got little things going on, and uh, sometimes you just need a game. But we're back. We're back this week to talk about uh, the game on Sunday. Unfortunately, you know, we, we're talking about another loss. Uh, but a game in which we're going to talk defense, as we always do, and kind of get to hear your perspective. Uh, on how you thought the defense played. But before we get into all of that, because it's been a week, man, how you been? How's everything going? Um, it's 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 been a interesting but eventful but yet fun couple weeks in terms of just life, I guess. It's it's been it's been interesting. But I gotta say that uh my boy is JMU. Oh, we, we, we're making some some serious echoes and some noise out there, and people are looking around like, "Where y'all been? We just been prepping, prepping for our moment." Hey, App State found out. Hey, a lot of teams about to find out. We we <laughs> we're not pushovers. <laughs> no, hey, look, schedule them if you want to. At your own peril. At your own peril. I mean, they'll happily take your money and then leave that L for you. And- I mean, we've we've went in the we've before we moved up, we went in the Virginia Tag, beat them, beat them twice. Yeah, went in the West Virginia, should have won that game. We just got a bad first quarter, but after that, we dominated West Virginia. Well, we talked about it. I think we said UVA. They already know they don't want no part of the schedule. They they haven't scheduled us in years. <laughs> they they refuse that that nope. I I couldn't tell you last time. I, I would say it's like nineteen eighty one last time. UVA tried to schedule us. They don't want no parts of that. No parts. We hey. we are the gold standard. In the- <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Virginia football. We will figure it out real quick. Virginia football. We got fans. we got everything. We got we got we got facilities. We've got the education. We got the location. We've got we got what you need. You, you need you need a vacation spot. You got massive nothing. You 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 need you need equality of women. It's it's sixty forty. Like, come on, <laughs> you're doing the recruiting pitch live right now. <laughs> hey, I this is it's it's been the pitch every every time anybody comes down to JMU. Just look around because it's gorgeous, just absolutely gorgeous. You're gonna get one of the best educations in the world. Your school is is different just because we we just built differently. At JMU, we we just we don't care. We don't care what you think. We just gonna come break down your door, kiss your babies, stay your mom, take your food, bring back your mom, but not bringing back the food. <laughs> there it is, folks. Hey, look, I can't add nothing to that. I mean, that's it. 
go ahead and cut the commercial right there. Uh, I, I probably will cut that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we we have we 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 have been built on defense. Is what our calling card has been at JMU from the day I stepped on that campus in '99. It was nothing about defense. It was all about defense, 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 and it's what builds championships. And just to segment it right over to, to the Ravens, they're close defensively. They're close. Yeah. Yeah. We just, about just need to get Bowser back, and OA would be put back in his natural position. I yeah, think the keys will unlock everything. They had that dude doing everything. So let's let's get everything. Into it. Let's get oh, into it then, because, yeah, obviously people probably know by now that he played basically the whole damn game on defense. I think it was only three snaps he didn't play. So uh, he, he played over 90% of the snaps. But let's let's do it the way we always do, because we'll, we're going to get right in. We'll, we'll get to him. Uh, but let's start up front with the defensive line. Obviously, we know they don't have Mike Pierce anymore for the rest of the season, so he was out. Um Houston, you know, whether you want to talk about him, an outside backer, count him as part of the line, however you want to do it. But obviously we know he was out for that game. And so you were rolling with guys like um, Robert Washington, uh, Calais Campbell, of course, Justin Matavige, who had another good game. He's been playing yes. well. He's stacking them. Yes. Um, so what do you think about defensive line? How do you think they play? <sighs> they were okay. There was, you know, like you said, Justin was a star up front. He would make a big play. He would do things. But they got gashed a little bit in the running game. And when you sign a dude and he plays about 75, 80% of the snaps that JPP played, it um, it tells you a lot. Yeah, that surprised me that JPP came in and played as much as he did. He he, he acted like he had been here through like the first beginning of camp. <laughs> I mean, they said they were gonna play, but I was like, all right, he, he might get you know fifteen snaps, something something like that. But nah, nah, my, my man was out there. Let me let me check his number again. Fifty five snaps, fifty five out of sixty four. So he got it. <laughs> <laughs> Lord. Yeah, he was out there. Like, but then again, this is just what we thought was going to be a strength coming into the season. Yeah. Has been neutralized greatly by the type of teams we've been playing. I mean, think about it. The Jets threw it 63 times. Miami whipped it around, what, 59? Bunch of times. Something something, something like that. (laughs) The, The Patriots whipped it around a good 40 times. Yeah. And Josh Allen. I mean, the best way to neutralize the defensive line is throw the football. And if you can protect, that's this is you gotta rely on other things. Yeah. Protect or get the ball out. And like you said, this was the this is the least amount of, of passes they face. I wanna say he was in the thirties, thirty-five, yeah. thirty-six, something like that. But you know, they they've been playing with these leads. And so the teams have been in a position where they've had to throw the ball, which, mm-hmm. like we've talked about before, hey, you know, ideally, 
that's how you want to play. You want to play with a lead. Yep. Um, but, you know, we've seen it kind of go differently in each one of those games, right? We saw how it went with the Jets and the Patriots, and then we saw how it went with the Dolphins, uh, which was kind of really the outlier with how extreme that was. And then we yep. saw kind of how it went with this game. Um, but, again, you know, this one is a little bit different to me because I thought the defense – pretty much played consistently throughout this game. Yeah, the second half gave up a few more yards. Um, and then we know, you know, about the drives where the Bills were able to get points. But like you said, you've been saying this to me since Sunday, like you give up 23 points to one of the best offenses, best teams in the league, you, you expect to, to have a chance to win that game. And, um, you know, the offense, even though we're not really here to, to focus too much on the Ravens' offense, they just really didn't help the defense out at all after those first few drives. You know, they came out, you know, on fire, right, set up by the defense primarily, and then it really just got quiet. And so, you know, that's why you talk about complimentary football. Harbs thinks, you know, people think Harbs is coach speaking it out there, but complimentary football is a real thing. I mean, it, it, it's what wins games. And uh, if you don't have all three phases complimenting each other, it's going to be a struggle out there. You know, it puts, yeah. a, lot of str- it puts a lot of stress. It's a lot of stress on one particular side <laughs> of the ball. And, you know, eventually, you know, the more that they're out there, just any defense, you know, the longer they're going to be out there um, against NFL offenses, especially high-quality ones like Josh Allen and the kind of guys they got, they're going to make their plays too. That's just reality. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, hats off to guys like Matt Abike, who I think is, like I said, he he's kind of – We've been expecting kind of the breakout, right? We kind of thought it was going to be last year. And, you know, he certainly had moments last year, but I think this year he's been kind of more consistent uh, with his play. And Mm -hmm. the guy guy just affects the game in a variety of ways, whether it's pass rush, whether it's run defense, whether it's batting balls at the line of scrimmage, um, you know, chasing down plays. (laughs) He just affects the game in a variety of ways. You love to see it. Calais Campbell still doing his thing. You know, I, I think they'd like to probably dial him back a little bit in terms of how much he's playing. They can't right now um, because of their death situation, but he's out there. Travis Jones quietly doing some things. Like, when I watch him, it's like it's not stat sheet kind of stuff. No. But he's getting he's into winning. a rhythm. Yeah, but he, he's winning his one-on-one, his situation. You know, he's he's handling his, his guy and whatever his assignment is, whether it's in the run game or, you know, whether it's on pass rush. You know, I feel like he's doing what he needs to do, but like you said, he's he's – Getting, you know, and if this is this is kind of the the acclimation. So it's, yeah, it's second game. I I expect him to, to start making some some plays here the next few weeks. Yeah, in terms not not spectacular plays, but I can see him, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, making some tackles for loss and things on that sort, and and really starting to you know get into it. And it's only going to help him to have guys like. JPP as he continues to get in better shape. I mean, this is his first game mm-hmm. of the season, right? Uh, so as he continues to get in better shape, get comfortable with the defense, when Houston comes back because he had been playing well, we already talked about Campbell. I mean, it's only going to help him to have those kinds of guys around him. You talked about getting Bowser back. So I think that there's there's reason to be hopeful mm-hmm. on the defensive line. <laughs> like if we can get some dudes back and help get these guys, you know, playing, you know, a little bit more, you know, normal kind of rotation. 
instead of guys being out there for so long. Um, then especially Oway, man. I'll go ahead and just talk about it now. We we can lump him together with, with, yep. with the D-line. You talked about it. He's basically playing multiple roles, right? <laughs> he's playing Rush. He's playing Sam. Uh, you'll see him have to drop and run and carry a, a vertical from the slot 20 yards down the field and line up the next play and rush the pass on the next right. snap, right? You see him playing a run. Uh, you see him spying the quarterback. I'm not making excuses for the guys because I know there's there's that sentiment out there among the fan base right now. He, he's close. The close isn't good enough, you know, that kind of thing. But I'm just like, look, you're asking this dude to do a lot right now. And uh, that's not easy for anybody to do. So whether you call that an excuse or not, hey, you can label it however you want to label it. I'm just looking at a guy that's being asked to do a lot of different things, play a lot of snaps. That ain't easy. He, he's being asked in his defense to to rush, to cover, and to blitz. And, and I think you posted a clip earlier where he was running with three. When's the last time you've seen a DN not only run with three, but handled it? Like, he didn't really need the safety yeah. to squeeze. Like, he, he was cool. Like, you don't see that every day, which is why he can't – he's doing everything he can and the team is asking him to do because they don't have anyone else on the squad right now until Bowser gets back who can do those things, which is why Bowser is so key, which is the, he is the key to unlocking always potential. Oway is doing everything he's asked to do and more because he's the only one, only person on the front right now who's athletic enough to do it. You can't ask Houston to drop in coverage. Campbell can't do it on a regular basis. Harrison's not very good at dropping from the line of scrimmage. And then after that, who else you got? JPP, uh, he's just here after a week, so, you know, we don't know. But it's not in his repertoire to drop. Not that kind of drop. Now no. you got to carry three vertical 20 yards down the field. Yeah. Can they drop into, like, you know, the low hole? Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. <laughs> can they cut yeah. some low crossers? Yeah, we can do that. Right. Like 20, 25 yards down the field with Isaiah McKenzie, who ran a 4-4-2? Yeah, nah, there ain't a whole lot no. to do no. from the linebacker core, the outside linebacker core, uh, that can pull that off. And like you said, that's what was so key about Bowser. Is he could do all of those different things? Yes. He did them well. <laughs> so, and I and I think that's important as we go into is is we as 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 if we as fans have to understand we are going through the same process that we went through with the offense. This defense is in mass transition. Not only personnel-wise, away from a 3-4, they are halfway there in terms of personnel. Scheme-wise and, and the development of this new thing is going to take time. It takes time to change a mindset. It takes time to change old habits. It takes time for 
a team who has been ultra aggressive defensively since what 2006 really i mean you can throw take some dp's days out of there where he wasn't ultra aggressive but more times than not we were we were bringing pressure that's not who we are anymore because we can't be that way we can't be that way if we want the offense to be who they want to be. And we're going to kind of talk about yards here in a sense. This day and age, yards means absolutely nothing. That's why Marquise Brown is out in Arizona. Because yards don't mean anything on offense. It's points. It's points and control. Points and control. Same thing on defense, points and control, points and control. I don't care what you do from 30 to 30. Once you get inside of 30, I'm making kick field goals. You want to try to beat me with five field goals and I got Lamar Jackson? You, no, you're just not going to do it. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. And that's where we as a fan base have to understand that this is going to take time. And the last thing that comes into play, and people have talked about this and I've seen this, is red zone defense. Red zone defense is the last thing that comes together as a squad because there's you can't talk down there in zone. It's all feel. It's all understanding the guy behind you, what's going on, what's going on next to you, and trusting the guy next to you. That's why the Bills are so good inside of the 20. They make it difficult because they much communication need to be had because I know – Pryor is going to be where he's going to be. I know Milano is going to be facing a gap and going to be scraping over to the C gap every single time. Consistency, consistency. I know that guy's going to be there. We don't have that on defense yet. Not because we don't have the talent. We haven't had the time to gel completely. Yeah. You think about how long the Bills been in that system with Leslie Frazier, right? It's been it's been three four years now. Yeah. So, you know, they've had time to get comfortable with one another, right? Mm-hmm. It's just that communication and that feel for playing with one another. And then also being in the same structure, having the same coordinator, getting, you know, the same teaching, the same message. Uh, you know, that's all new right now yeah. for the Ravens, right? That is all new. And then you look at some of the guys that they've had who are now playing in this system. Those guys, not that they can't do both. I mean, obviously they can play man or zone, but they have primarily played a lot more man. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you know, you're having these guys play a lot more zone, and really you're seeing it translate into some more turnovers, especially interceptions. They got seven interceptions, man, through four games. They had nine in 17 games last year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, granted, they had dudes who were hurt. I get it. You know, Marcus wasn't there. Uh, Humphrey missed, you know, the last you know, back half. All of that. We know all of that. But you can just see it. Right. You can just see it early on in Humphrey, you know, with, with the two picks that he's got and then some of the other tips and picks and stuff. So just it's just a different you talked about this from the very beginning of the season. And we probably touched on it in one way or another in each game. There's it, a different philosophy uh, in, in this defense. And so, you know, got to get used to it. And national changed. national media's got to get used to it. Yeah, we change, you know. We had to change to fit our offense. We could no longer be a gambling defense with an ultra-high-tain offense. You imagine if we were still blitzing and gambling? 
with the nonsense that went on this Sunday, yeah. Buffalo would have been out of here with 38 points and been laughing on the way out of the building. Yeah, I was gonna say if you if you think it was if it was bad, <laughs> I think I think Miami might have hung sixty. Yeah, yeah, because that because that's that's what it that's what it would have been instead of making Buffalo drive the field. You know, they got that touchdown right before the half, and then you know they got another touchdown. I guess it was right at the end of the third, maybe beginning of fourth. That keeper mm-hmm. that Josh Allen had. Other than that, it was field goals, and so you know they were making them kind of go the long hard way as opposed to 50 yard touchdown, 60 yard touchdown, you know, in one play. And when you, you, you when you play that style that they played in the past uh, and guys are gambling or just making mistakes, uh, you know, it can get, it can get out of hand fast. So, you know, we talked about that. I feel like this approach in this game, this is what you wanted in the fourth quarter of the Miami game, keep it all in front of you, make them go down the field. Uh, they just didn't get the offensive support uh, mm-hmm. in this game, really, in that Dolphins game either. So, I mean, that's a whole other thing uh, that we can get into what's happening with the offense in the second half of some of these games. Oof. Uh, you know, that's a whole other thing. But uh, that, that, That's a very needed conversation yeah. in, in, in some circles. Yeah, yeah, because they, they, they got to keep the pressure on. I mean, I love the starts, right? That had been a thing in previous years, right? They didn't start fast. Now they're starting fast and not not sustaining it, uh, you know, throughout the second half, and that's really you know you kind of need we need we need both things to come together. We need both things, yeah. Start fast and sustain. Let's do both. Yep. Um, but okay, let's move on to the linebackers uh, because I I feel like there was some there was some good in this game. Uh, I think you got to see how valuable a guy like Josh Bynes is in this defense, right? When when you can sit in zone, you can play zone. He, I mean, that's really, I think, his strength in coverage right now. I mean, you know, manning up and matching guys man-to-man is going to be tough for him at this point in his career. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you let him play in zone. And they weren't like anything special type plays. I share one of them. There's a couple other ones that I, I didn't tweet out, uh, but I just kind of had notes on where it's like you look at it and you're like, okay, why, why would anybody highlight this play this is just a guy sitting in the hook zone right but it's just beautiful to me because there's routes coming through he's not opening up and running he's not jumping on the first crosser he's not running out to the flat he's nope. sitting right where he's supposed to be got his eyes where they're supposed to be and either if a ball comes that way he's driving on it he'll tip it or get the pick like we saw in the Patriots game right mm-hmm. or just denying routes like the, the quarterback just got to go somewhere else with the ball yeah. Because he's there. So to me, that's a beautiful thing, right? Yes. To see that. To see that. And then, you know, I feel like we got to do our weekly Patrick Queen check-in. So what do you think about the linebackers? They they left a lot to desire, to be desired. It wasn't as bad as Miami, I would say it was on par with New England. It was okay. Um, I don't think Buffalo really attacked the middle of the field because they really don't. 
Knox was hurt, so I don't think he was really featured in his game plan so much. So they, they really kind of concentrated on the outside, which is the weakness in a sense in this type of defense because you want the ball going outside. You want those hard throws, but that is Josh Allen. That's what he does. So once again, make him go the long, hard way, 10 yards a pop. That's, that's fine. You know, yeah, those things are going to happen. They will screen the life out of you. <laughs> screen the life. Um, <laughs> like I said, I'm okay with that. I'm okay. Hey, hey, we'll chase some things down. Every now and then you might jump one and blow. I'm not jumping, but like blow one up because you yeah. might do a block or whatever. But I'd rather have to try to cover those than Tyreek Hill. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yards down. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, and, and with – I will say this about Queen. And I'll, I, I won't. I'm not going to go into big detail because I think everybody's kind of harping on all the same things. He's just not consistent. He's not physical to the point of attack. He's overrunning things. He's un, he's he's going underneath, trying to make plays that he just can't do as a linebacker. The play that bothers me the most of all of them is the touchdown to Josh Allen. Because I could tell you what was coming. By and this is this is what bothers me most about Queen. And a lot of guys on the Ravens team right now is the lack of awareness. Situational awareness of what's going on. On that play, they're under center in the red zone. That should have been an automatic red red flag. That you should alarm bell should have been going off. When's the last time Josh Allen's been on the center? Unless he's close to the goal line. Even then he's most times in the shotgun. So why are alarm bells going off? A. B, they got you in a defense that they know that you like coming off the end and have yet all year to actually hold contain. And no one's tested you, but I'm going to guarantee you coaches have been in your ear all season long, like, get wider, get wider, get wider. Didn't listen. Didn't learn. Situational awareness. He's under center for a reason. (laughs) There's no other reason where Josh Allen needs to be under center and them in full back on first and first and ten wasn't like it was third and two, second and one, or something like that. It's first and ten, and Josh Allen's in the center, screaming, screaming. They're doing something stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and and here they, they go, make it boot yeah. right they, by. They, they like that boot key too. They like to pull that guard, show that power, run action, and then have him boot out the backside and. Look, with the ball in his hand, the dude's a monster, right? I don't know yeah. how much he weighs, 240, 250. I don't know what he is. He looks big as hell when you watch him on film. He's right. big. He's fast. He's strong. Uh, and I'm watching that play. And like you said, we, we've seen that alignment before where they kind of have that two look, right, outside the tackle or the tight end. There's a, there's a five and then a linebacker, you know, outside him. And – that guy's usually coming or he's, you know, he's reading, you know, pass run. And I'm thinking to myself, 
if it was actually power, right? And they're they're going to the right. He's gonna hand it off to the running back. I think it was Owe who was the end inside of Queen, right? Mm-hmm. So he would be the DN chasing that from the backside, right? Yeah. He'd be, he'd, so here's where I'm here's why I'm, I'm trying to set up with all this. When you get that kind of action, the backside players, somebody's got the bat and somebody's got the quarterback, right? In case mm-hmm. he moves out and keeps. I'm thinking that wasn't Owe based no. on that look. If, if Owe was out there by himself and yeah. you didn't have that other guy, then that's different. He's probably got the quarterback. But that wasn't no. and we we call we we had it's called blitz it's called blitz check. Queen, you got blitz check. You either got the running back who's gonna arc or you got quarterback. That is literally his especially if they show up in I formation. You have nothing on the outside of you, nothing threatening you. You literally, if action comes to you, go get it. Action away, you need to pause. And he didn't. He just tore off the edge. Right like he's line. been doing all season. Right for the running back. <laughs> like you're, you're trying to make a world star play, and they just world starred you out the back. <laughs> and that's why they call that play, because they know that that's what you're going to do, and they anticipate that that's what you're going to do based on their film study. Yeah. And that's um, the play that makes me, like, question, like, what are you doing in film study? Like what? What are you doing to prepare for those moments where situational awareness needs to be on a heightened alert? It's probably why Peters was even more mad. Was down there at the goal line where they had the switch going with the pick at yeah. the end of that at the end of the half. I think he was a little bit more mad about that too. Was because they should have just Hamilton should have literally just called. A banjo call or a four-way call. Because you know you're gonna get picked. You know you're, you're gonna get picked. <laughs> you know it's so one stay outside. Yeah. First guy on the outside, take first outside cutter. Yeah. First inside guy, you take first inside cutter going that way. Yeah. Next guy, you got next cutter going. It's like one, two, three. Everybody's got a person. Stay yeah. in your I, zone. And I think that really was probably what Peters was trying to do. Yeah, like you say you're kind of maybe looking to the safety to make that call in most situations, but I think he was trying to do it because he stayed outside. He saw it, and I think it. he's like, "Hey, look, this is but no one." The, the safety never checked it, so therefore he can't he can't make the court he can't make the safety right, right? Because then he's wrong, and the coach is like, "Why'd you do that?" Well, I thought he was no. You yeah. don't think? Yeah, yeah. you got to do what's called because everybody else is doing what's called. Right. If I'm playing it one way and the other two dudes are playing it another way, we're all wrong. We're all wrong. <laughs> we're either we're all wrong or we're all right. right? All wrong, we're all right. right. Yeah. One or the totally. other. And that's the other thing that I think about sometimes. I'm like, okay, well, look, with all this newness, right? Obviously, communication is big on defense, all part, all levels of the defense. It's big in the secondary. And so now you got Peters who's seen it all, right? Been around, seen it all. But you've got Hamilton. Not seen very much of anything. Yep. And you got Brandon Stevens, who's got a year under his belt. But again, he's he's you know missed some games with injury, and he's playing a little bit of a new position for him mm-hmm. for him in some ways, and in this new defense. And so now you've got all of that newness, and we're trying to communicate this thing right. But to your point, the the awareness point, right? I, I'll take it back to that. Is you know none of that stuff is new. You know they saw this stuff all week. 
because this is what the Bills do. And so you know it was presented to them. Yeah. Here's what's going to happen in these situations. Here's what they like to do, right? What are we going to do? What's our adjustment if we get this? You know, what are our calls and how do we, if we get motion to something different, what, 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 what's our adjustment? So you know they talked about all that stuff, but mm-hmm. these these young dudes, man, their heads got to be swimming. I mean, they just absolutely got to be swimming but, right now. But that, lot, that, that goes back to, the, to my original problem. We talked about this earlier in the season. College football has gone to crap. They're not teaching. These kids are not learning. They're not understanding the basics of defense. They're not understanding the basics of offense. They're not understanding anything that's basic. They know about, I got to get an NL, I got to get an NIL. I've got to make big plays so I become a first round pick. And if I'm not a first round pick, then I'm, I'm, I'm nothing. And in the meantime, these coaches are like, well, I got to get paid. I got to win. I got to do this. So I got to teach the first rounders to be better players. I got to go out and recruit these guys that I don't need to teach any technique to, any any basics to. They just go out there and play football. And then once these guys get to the league, they don't know the basics. They don't understand how to look at a defense. They don't know how to look at an offense. They don't know how to see is down and distance is first and 10 from 35. What plays do they like to run? You should have four plays in your head as a linebacker. What's going on in front of you? But instead, we're worried about making hero plays and getting hero zero results because we're not doing anything. We're not basic in our approach. There's no foundation to what we're trying to do because the foundation is never being created in high school or in college. So you're trying to create it now at the pro level. At the pro level. and <laughs> During games. <laughs> and think about it, Look around the league right now. How much parody and how much bad football have you been watching? I, I even see the Jacksonville game. I was just paying attention to the sports center this morning. I did not know Trevor Lawrence dropped the football four times. <laughs> yeah. And like Hassan Reddick said, hey, don't 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 make no excuses about weather because he was for the Eagles. He said we played in same weather. Same so weather. Don't, don't make no excuses about it. he was like maybe we just made plays. Maybe we just forced them into doing some things. So he's like, give us our credit too. Um, but there's so much bad football going around because there are bad football players coming out of college, and these NFL coaches are having to basically coach where they've never had to coach before. And you're kind of seeing that. I mean, let's let's look at Denver. I will come back to the secondary, but look at Denver. That's a mess. Yeah, it's bad right now. <laughs> because there's no organization. There's no – no one's learned anything. This is yeah. just coach, there. And their coach basically acknowledged that by bringing in a more veteran, experienced coach to help him. That we're kind of disorganized. Yeah, we're kind of disorganized. I need a little help with making decisions on game day. I mean, good for him that he acknowledged he needed some help. But, but aren't you the head coach? The first time. First time. Head but coach. but aren't you the head coach of this football team now? He is. So how'd you get the job if you're not organized? Who 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 on 
team, the Waltons. That's who it is. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I'm sure we're going to talk this at the end, but I read that Washington Post article. Oh, yeah. About the, the NFL just coaching in the NFL. And I heard a term that just stuck with me. And I'm, I'm going to use it because it, it, it not only applies to football, it applies not so much to basketball. They're more diverse. But football and, and corporate, we'll just say that. Positional segregation. Mm. Think about it. And they, I think they broke it down in, in, the, um, in the article. On the offensive side of the football, 90% of the black coaches coach running backs. Yep. 90%. Look, they had to make a rule to force you to hire a black coach to coach quarterbacks. Right. They had to make a rule and right. then incentivize you with a draft pick. Right. Because otherwise you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it. Right. Where are those and black so, coaches primarily been? On defense. On defense. <laughs> which, is so, which is even more insane because let's take it back to college. A lot of failed defensive coordinators in college are white guys who couldn't get on the offensive side of the ball. So they stay on the defensive side until they find a buddy or network where they can become a tight end coach, a quarterback coach. How many times have you seen a defensive coordinator from college become a quarterback coach for another college? You're like, what? Because he wanted to get on the offensive side of the ball. Why? Because he knows he's got a job waiting for him. Yeah. That's your path. That's your path. The offensive side, particularly if you work with quarterbacks, that's the path to a head coaching position. If you're a white male in, in, in the coaching arena, it's through offense. Yeah. And if you want to get even deeper with it, and I think they touched on this a little bit in the article, and there's other places, there's other there's books and other things that you can read. There's a whole perception out there about that defense versus offense dichotomy, right? Defensive guy, you don't have to be very smart, right? Yep. It's just about being aggressive, you know. Offensive guys, you're cerebral, you know. You have to be analytical, right? And so, got to be precise, got to yeah. be smart. So all of that fed into well, here's why we're going to have black coaches on defense, and here's why we're going to have white coaches on offense, right? That same stereotype, right? We've heard it with quarterbacks, same thing, right? Oh, this guy. Is a, is a student of the game, right? Versus, oh, he's so athletic. Yeah. All this code, you know, all this code yeah. talk. All this code. <laughs> and, and everybody knows what it really means if they're honest with themselves and want to acknowledge what it really means. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we were going to do a whole show on that. And we still might do it. We still might. <laughs> because it does, it does deserve uh, its, its own space, right? You don't yeah. want to try to squeeze that around other stuff because it's important enough. That, and that series, I recommend it to anybody that's out there. Uh, it's a series that the Washington Post has been doing um, on black coaches in the NFL. He, I don't have it right up in front of me, so I, I couldn't give you the author's um, you know, name or the exact title of the, the article right now. But even if you just Google Washington Post black coaches series, it would come up. And it's a combination. So it's something, it's something for everybody. If you like to read, there's the written article. 
if you're more into like videos, they did little uh, snippet interviews with each one of the coaches. And I want to say it's like 10 of them. And it's all guys that you know, you know, they're, they're named coaches. Uh, you'll know them all. And just kind of, you know, talking to them and about their experiences and some of the things that they've they've had to go through to get to where they are. So uh, encourage anybody and everybody to go check that out. It's not just a black or white thing. Anybody, everybody. Yeah. Yes, should read it and should be aware of what's going on. They, we should all care about that. And it not only applies in this nature, like I said, it could apply any 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 roles, any position, yeah, any parts cool. of your life. Yeah, it's not where cool. where you sit there and you look around and people preach diversity and 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 inclusion and things along that sort. But if 90% of the company is white and the other part of it is is persons of color, but all the power positions are gone to the 90%, but there's like three or four positions where they're like, oh, there's a diverse part of the company. Well, that's not diversity. You're just, you're literally just filling a quota. To make yourself look like you're diverse. Yeah. There's a bunch of different ways to gain those numbers. Yes. To make it look like something that is really not. Yes. And you have to be, uh, you really have to be paying attention to see through some of that stuff. Because those numbers can can fool you if you're just looking at raw numbers. Just looking at them, yeah. Yeah. So you, you got to. So you just go on a web. That, you just go on a web page. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's why that's why we we wanted to do a show on that and, and still want to do it because that's a that's a big topic and there's yeah. a lot there's a lot to speak there's about a lot. on that. Um, Anywho, so we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll circle back into the Ravens game because we still got to finish up with the secondary. I mean, we kind of started to get into it a little bit with yeah. you know, talking about that one particular play, but the secondary as a whole, I thought were better uh, in this game. I don't think that you saw. I mean, I think even in the Patriots game, I think gradually each game you're starting to see things get a little more tightened up. Mm-hmm. You're starting to see better. I won't say better because I, I think that's too generic. You're starting to see consistency. More consistent. You're starting to see more consistent communication, yep. more consistent understanding of you know how we all fit together mm-hmm. in this defense, not just our individual understanding of our role. Because you know, obviously, we talked about some of that. Some of the young guys, maybe not necessarily knowing you know what they're supposed to be doing when they're supposed to be doing it but just an overall understanding of how this whole thing fits together right Uh so that uh because even though that one example we just talked about where we were saying hey you got to probably anticipate that you're going to get the pick in that situation you're in the low red zone you see the splits that those are all kind of keys to you that hey we're probably getting some kind of pick rub coming right here. But then there were other situations where I did see communication yep. with guys verbal and nonverbal. I can think of one the ball didn't even come to their side, but it was uh, Marlon Humphrey and Brandon Stevens on the left side, and they kind of got like a stack release, and they were playing at different depths, right? Which is what you want. And then Marlon put his hand on Stevens' back because he was behind Stevens just to let him know, hey, stay low and in. That guy goes low, you take him. I'll yep. stay out here, right? So the communication is getting there. It's getting yep. more consistent. You're starting to see it. But what do you think about the secondary? 
I think they did everything you wanted them to do. I mean, they 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 basically kept them in front. Not a lot of big plays. I mean, some chunk yards, but once again, they get paid over there too. Absolutely. So uh, you can't be frustrated with them. They gave up 23 points. Yeah. It wasn't like getting thrown all over the yard. It wasn't like one guy was getting picked on. I, I will say this. Chuck Clark needs to wake up a little bit. Yeah, I was wondering if he was going to go there. <laughs> he, 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 you know what? We, Chuck, we need to wake up. We need a little shake. Come back, come back, come back. You, you struggled the last two weeks. This week you kind of got exposed in space. There's a friend of mine that said, Chuck, Chuck never seen a crosser he didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Chuck, will drop, Chuck will chase <laughs> and, and everything. <laughs> it, it, it is, uh, and, and then and then he will settle for no reason. Like the play I was talking about, the Peters, the corner yeah. route, the one yeah. that broke basically broke their back at the end. Yeah. Like I knew I know what he was thinking in his mind, which is there's no way they're gonna throw over my head on third and five <laughs> at this moment in the game. But as soon as that tight end released, your hips have to open. Yeah. And he just exactly. stayed flat footed. And as soon as the tight end saw you flat footed, I know he was probably gonna run it out, but as soon as he saw you flat footed, he kept one, going and ran a corner. The one that knocks. I know what you're talking about now. Cause yeah, because yeah. he settled and you could see his eyes go off Knox and go into he wasn't, he wasn't worried about Knox. <laughs> like, you, you gotta you gotta keep your eyes on your work, man. If you're in man. Or even if you're in match, and it, and it turns into man based on how the routes distribute, you know you gotta you gotta keep your eyes. I don't know. If that was an inverted because him yeah. and Peters were on the same level, and I'm just yeah. like, why are y'all on the same level? Yeah, and it looked like Peters when his guy. So I think number one went in. He went under. Yeah. And I think Peters started to go under. And I don't know. You know, normally if, mm. if you're in if, you, if you're in zone, you're gonna play. You're gonna do some kind of under call or something. So if they're in two, it looked like they were in two. So if number one went in and, and Peters chased it, he's in the wrong. Yeah, because he's supposed to stay out. Yeah. He's supposed to sink. Yeah. Now Chuck should still not be where he was. Yeah. That's fine. So that might explain it. That might explain it. Like you said, if, if that's what they're playing, then normally you make some kind of under call and the corner stays out and, and back. Yeah, because if one – if he's doing a short end – you know, I'm sure they adjust the yards and call and pros now. If he's doing a seven yard in, that's not that's not Peters. Yeah. That that is technically Chuck, that is not even Chucks. That's the inside linebacker. Yeah. Which on that play, I think uh Queen was dawn somewhere else chasing the the um I think the the running back on the swing route. So that happened a couple of times too, where I wasn't sure what they were in. Because I'm like, are they in zone? Are they in some kind of man match? I couldn't tell because when the guy started to go under, one guy on the on the left side, like Peters, he would stay back, right, and, and pass it off, probably make that under call, and then it feeds it to the linebackers. On the other side, Brandon Stevens is chasing the under across the field. And I'm like, well, are they are they at split field? Are they playing one thing on one side and one thing yeah, on the other? They're, they're probably comboing it depending on the coverage. Might be man on one side, zone on the other side. And you can't really, you know, 
you used to be able, if the guy goes across the field, you can let him go. But now in this NFL, you really can't, like, just change it on, like, man becomes zone on the other side. It, it turns into chaos, particularly yeah. when you have middle linebackers that don't stay on the hash and chase things. Because, come back to that, a lot of Josh Allen's scrambles were because of Queens being too quick and getting out. He just, they would break open. Allen was like, okay, I'll yeah. take that 10, 15. Yeah. I, I, I gave credit to, to Allen because, I mean, that's, that's progression for him over over you know you not necessarily last year because he had already started to get a lot better obviously last year but you go back to like his rookie year or maybe even even the second year where he might have tried to force a throw against that but now he's just like hey everybody's gonna vacate that space I'll take five ten I got no problem with that I'll take there yeah oh and they're gonna have to start calling unsportsmanlike conducts on the quarterbacks. They're gonna have to stop this flopping. It's a whole other story with that guy. That guy, the acting job. He's he's flopped on. three times. He <laughs> flopped three times in that game. Yeah, the acting job. I mean, my goodness. I mean, we got some clips. We got our own little little chat. Where we three times stuff. he flopped. And there's all kinds of tantrums and grabbing at his head and yeah. all kinds of stuff going on. And there was maybe one play in there earlier in the game where Queen hitting on a screen whereas like he kind of did get up under the chin. They didn't call anything on that but that might have been the only one where I was like if you're going to make that call maybe you call that one. Brandon Stevens not even close. Not even close he, on that play. He literally <laughs> hit him and then his head snapped. He, yeah. You saw, you saw it right? Yeah. Where he hit him he's hit. And he's he hit like, oh, and then his head head over there. Oh, like, like, oh, he hit me! He hit me! Oh, 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 oh. And then he's banging. He's a Tom Brady in it, hitting the floor. Point at the official. He's looking back on the official. And 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 the official, you became a punk bitch, and you throw the flag. (laughs) Oh, not the ladies' man, Jerome (laughs) Bowman. You got got punked on an NFL field by a flopping quarterback. Who had literally flopped early in the game on the sideline when he got pushed by Bynes trying to drag one, complained about his blocker knocking a guy into his leg looking for a flag there. He been working working the rest like Coach K. It's it's, <laughs> it's it's as a player, you start losing respect for guys who do that. And that's going to become more and more of an issue for him if he doesn't stop. Yeah, because every crew is not going to be as bad as Jerome Bogus crew. No, and someone's going to take a cheap shot at him and be worthy of a 15-yard penalty. Then he's going to be mad because he got hit cheaply. But sometimes justice has to be handed out. And and sometimes as a defensive coordinator, you'll take a 15-yarder. Just don't, don't, don't spear the man. Per se, but let him know you're gonna flop. I'm gonna earn my 15. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> next time I'm gonna earn my 15. That's that's Stevens call was good. 
<laughs> like you said, try not to complain about the refs because look, it kind of has a way of, of evening itself out in the wash over the course of the season. Um, but that that, that was, game bothered me the way it was called. That one was rough. Once the Ravens were up twenty to three. Yeah, because at least call it both ways. I mean, I think that's really all anybody wants is like just call it yeah. both ways. If you're gonna call that, then call it on both sides, and you know you'll live with that. But when it's I mean, they're, like th- they're out there throwing flags at the beginning of that drive, the two minute warning, just to make sure that they didn't stall out early. Yeah, and I and I do think that that call against Stevens, I think that call got I think that call got bought early in the game. Not like money. I ain't saying there was nothing, but I'm just saying all of the complaining. All of the flopping. It was like, hey, watch this. Look what they're doing. They're hitting me late. What they keep hitting me late. Watch it. You gonna make a call? And then just like in that moment, it was almost like, well, damn, I should have called it on. I probably should have called it on one of those other ones. But shit, here's one. Let me let me just go ahead right. and call it on. And, you this just, one. and meanwhile, literally 30 seconds before that, you missed the biggest call ever in a football. I'm sorry. That call changed. Everything on Demarcus Robinson changed the complexity, the momentum, everything about that game. Buffalo was going to win that game after that call because they were they were on the way out. And if I don't care what happened in the second half, if the Ravens put up three or seven going into halftime, Buffalo's not coming back because the Ravens get the ball at the beginning of the half. If you're up twenty three to three, I'm running the football. I'm not coming out winging it since I'm up 20 to 10 and I go three and out. Yeah. And that's the other part of it is even with the calls, they had some opportunities on offense that they didn't take advantage, that they didn't take advantage of. Yeah. um, You know, that, that they could have. So, yeah, you know, the calls were certainly bad. And like, like you said, we try not to, to make too much of a thing about that, but when they're, when they're like some of those it's hard to, to ignore that, but certainly, the offense, you know, I keep coming back to that that one right. Uh, I don't know if it was at the end of the first quarter, top of the second quarter, um, but it was it was the play right before they called the OPI on Andrews. It it would have been a touchdown, right? He had a little double move going yep. towards the corner. Lamar had a little pressure in his face because I think Vaughn had gotten inside of, of Morgan Moses. Um, but that that's those are the throws the NFL quarterbacks have to make. You're gonna have that guy in your face, and yeah. you still got to make that throw. That's that's the yep. job description. <laughs> that's, yep. that's the job description. Yep. And we that's know he can do it. For. And we know he can do it. He's done it in other games, and he just happened to overthrow him on that one. But you know, if you go up, say, shoot, they would have been what twenty-one at that point instead of fourteen. That's a that's a whole different looking ball game. Um, you know, you, so you had enough. You had enough opportunities. In those two field goal drives to put it away. Yeah. You got to get a six on one. Got to get six. You got one of those has to be six. Ideally, both of them, but you got to get it on one. You got to get it on one of them. Uh, You you can't, you can't stall out um, like you did. And some of that is like, you know, you get the self imposed stuff or you're getting false starts or you're getting holding calls and stuff like that. So it's, um, you know, the holding stuff doesn't always bother me as much because it's like, look, if you know it's in the play and you're being aggressive, I mean, sometimes that's going to get called. But the pre-snap stuff that that bothers yeah. me because that's yeah. like, look, 
you got total control over that. Nobody's making you false stuff. <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> you know the snap count. <laughs> I mean, come on. Come on, right? Come a, on, man. Because even for Leonard Ball, I think he had two. I think they called two. And bad spots. Yeah. Get the one down there in the drive that they end up throwing the interception in the end zone. Yeah. And I know he's a rookie. I get it. But he's played well. He hasn't played like a rookie. Uh, he played like a rookie. He had it on Sunday. He had a, he had a rough one. Yeah, you know you're going to get those mistakes. But you know yeah. you're going to get those games. Going to get those games. That's that's how we go. That's what Harm says. One thing you can count on with rookies, they're going to make mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> you, just gonna, you just hope they're not as but as as gigantic. Right. <laughs> they're going to make plays. But they're going to make mistakes too. That's that's just that's just how it goes. So. They're going to be. A, I'm just looking at their schedule now. Besides Cincinnati and Tampa, the next seven to eight weeks, they're not a lot of good quarterbacks. No. You can you can get on your Honda, I would say up until shoot. Pittsburgh the first time? Because I think Kenny Pickett would probably be pretty warmed up by then. Probably Doing some things. Yeah, that's his job now. And uh, he's already shown that, you know, he got a little something to him. So, you know, we're, we're going to see how that goes. I know his first throw was an interception, but he came in and he made some other plays in that game. He stood in the pocket and made some throws. Yeah, yeah. I think he's, I think he's got a little something. I mean, you knew – they knew what Trubisky was, you know. They knew. and They were hoping they get two and two out of him yeah, to start the season. Whether you were just trying to give Kenny a little bit more time to kind of get ready or whatever their reasoning was, they knew what Mitch was. <laughs> so it was just a matter of time uh, yeah. before you were going to have to make that move. So, yeah, no, that, and we know that this goes throughout Ravens' history on defense, no matter who the coordinator has been. If you give them average to below average quarterbacks, they'll make them look like average to below average quarterback. Yeah, yeah. This is what they've consistently been able to do. Consistently uh, will be able to do that. Throughout their history on defense. Now, the good ones, it's up and down. Sometimes they can play them well. Sometimes those guys light them up. But, but once again, the numbers don't show it. But defensively, they've been – They're like I said at the beginning of the show, they're close. They are so close. To putting it all together, the inside linebackers—they have—they got to figure out something. Either be less complicated, or hopefully the addition of Bowser will settle down everyone, and they're not doing multiple jobs right now. Maybe Queen won't have to go up and be on the line of scrimmage doing things he's not used to be doing. You know. Those Oregon types of playing, things. Even in this game, you saw how much he played out over like number two and number three. Like yeah. sometimes, like number two. I mean, they had him like out, out. Yeah. On a couple of these situations, because you know, Bills were going to spread them out, and um, so yeah, you've got some guys doing some different things um, right now. That maybe they haven't had to do as much of. But yeah, I agree with you. I think that they, I think that they are close. It reminded me of, I don't know if you saw it, because I think it's been out for a week or two now. Marlon, you know, he's still been doing his Studio 44 show. He did the one with Jimmy 
either today or yesterday. But he did one with Josh Bynes, I think, last week. And Bynes was – he asked him a question about comparing this team to the 2012 Super Bowl team. And he said, you know, it's hard sometimes to compare teams, different players, different time, you know, in the league, different stuff going on. But he said if there are any similarities, the similarity he sees is that going through adversity. Now, he said the timing of it is different. He said you think about that 2012 run, they lost four of their last five to end the regular season, right, before they kind of get. And he said this team, we're going through it earlier. We're kind of, you know, experiencing those growing pains a little bit earlier. So he said, I feel like it's similar in that we have what we need to be a championship caliber team. But like you said, I said, we got to put it all together, right? We got we to go through this adversity. We got to go through these learning experiences. And then we got to put it all together. And he said, that's what they kept telling themselves during that 2012 season. Even when they started, you know, going through that, that four-game skid or four of those last five, they said, hey, look, we still are going to be a championship team. Yeah, we lost this game. Yeah, we made these mistakes, but we're going to learn from these. We're going to turn around, and we're still going to be a championship team. So he said they just had that mindset. They knew that they could do it. And so he said, you know, with this team, you know, I, I think, you know, they can develop that mindset where it's just like, yeah, we're going through this right now, but it's only going to make us better. And you said that too, basically, that, hey, if you're going to do it, do it now. <laughs> yes. Do it early. Do it early. You're two and two and, and sitting on a division lead right now. <laughs> Guess what? You got play, you got what 15 more football? Mm. Yeah. 13 yeah. more football games yeah. to figure out how to be a 10 and 6 football team and potentially be a division winner with a third seed. Yeah. That's the goal. That's the like goal. buys buys mean nothing. This day and age, we've seen how that can go, and even seeding doesn't really mean much anymore. <laughs> we've seen how that buy can go. No, because teams can go on the road and win these and games in you. the playoffs. You yeah, just gotta get in the dance. You gotta get in. That's it. You just, just got to get in, and anything can happen. Anybody can get hot for three or four games. And, and exactly, yeah. get hot towards the end of the season. Hopefully, these rookies start showing up midseason. You got J.K. coming. You got Gus Bus coming. Gus would have been absolutely rolling yesterday on Sunday if he was involved. Because I don't think Buffalo had the, the horses because of Phillips and, and the other cat who was out to handle that type of running game. But once he's up to full speed, different dynamic on the on offense. They become multi-dimensional because now you got a healthier JK. Got bus. He don't need to go lateral. <laughs> no. no, he's he's crucial, right? Because some of these offensive struggles have come down to these short yardage situations, right? Mm-hmm. Short yardage third down or whatever, short yardage fourth down. They haven't been able to convert. Whereas we know with Gus, the track record of him getting one yard, two yard, three yards more. Sometimes, I mean, you can see the difference just with J.K. coming back. It's nah. just different. It's just different. When you've got guys like that running the ball, uh, you see, I mean, it's it's immediate between him and guys like, and no no shade, no disrespect, but Kenyon Drake, Mike David, I mean, it's, it's night and day. Night and day. It's eating, and, and Dobbins not even like full Dobbins yet. 
He's 80, 85%. But it's night and day. Night and day. It is night and day. And they've gotten a little boost from Justice Hill because he's he's got a little juice to him. But even Dobbins is just different. It's just there's something that's different there. And he's patient. He understands. You can tell he's just been a running back all his life. Like he just gets it. He woke up, he he came out the wound, said, Give me the rock. I know how to run behind a guard tack of pulls. Just some of the runs, and and even and even later in that game, as it went on, they they weren't blocking stuff as, as well as they were a little bit earlier. But there's still there's plays where there's like nothing there. It should be a TFL, and he's at least getting back to the line, maybe even getting you a yard or two. Uh, and he did have a couple negatives in that game, but I mean, look, you get a guard pushed three yards into your face one step after you taking the handoff. Hey, yeah. I don't care how good you are. There's not that, that, <laughs> ain't that no, problems. That ain't a whole lot that you can do. Yeah. But yeah, that's gonna make a huge difference as he continues to get healthy, getting Gus back. And I know they talked about this is the first week Gus is eligible to practice. I don't know if he's gonna practice. And even if he does, I wouldn't expect him to play. No, I wouldn't oh. expect him. When's the bye week? Uh week ten. A little ways to go. I would expect him probably either at New Orleans or after the bye week versus Carolina. Okay. If he doesn't, if he starts practicing this week, then he'll be back for Tampa. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. If he actually does practice, it's one thing to be eligible to. It's another thing to actually get out there and then see, you know, how is he going to do it? Is it just going to be like individual workout off to the side or is he going to get in any team stuff? Uh, if he gets in any team stuff this week, which I wouldn't expect, but if he does, then I, I think you're right. He's probably tracking to play against Tampa, but I, I don't I don't know that I would expect that because I didn't even think he was going to be back practicing this week. I didn't think no, that was happening. I mean, I you hadn't heard anything like oh he's close or oh he's running off to the side. You didn't you didn't hear anything, no, and all of a sudden I, this week he's like oh yeah he might practice. Wait wait what? Yeah, I thought <laughs> I thought he was further away. I knew that Bowser had a shot to come back this week. That's what they had been saying throughout. That he had been tracking really well. You think uh, he's gonna play if if he does practice this week? You think he's gonna play this week? I don't think so. I mean, they let that's the thing though. They let they let Terrell Suggs come back the same week he, he was he was cleared. Yeah, it, you know, it's all gonna depend on on how much he does. If yeah. he's getting in regular full practices, he's doing team stuff. Then yeah, he probably will. Yeah. But if it's a little bit of that individual limited kind of stuff, then no, I don't I don't think so. But yeah. One thing uh, that we we've seen, uh, they're patient this year. These guys are there; yeah, they're being patient. And whether, <laughs> hey, look, whether it's a combination of the player and the team, or whether it's seventy percent the the player and thirty percent the team, yeah. however it's going, because we heard that with Ronnie, man, when Ronnie got a chance to speak, Ronnie was like, well, "Hold on, hold on, let me let me just clear some things up right now, right?" Yeah, because I because I get there's been all this stuff about. Well, when I'm ready, when I feel like it. Well, let me just tell you about this other procedure I had because I ain't heard nobody say nothing about that. No, let me just talk, tell you. We didn't talk to rebuild of this. Yeah, I was like, good for you, man. Good for you. Because, yeah, the way, you know, it had been presented was it was all about, well, he's been clear, so it's really up to how he feels. And he's like, well, look, let me tell you about how I feel. I had this whole other procedure that nobody even talked about. And he said it was, it was significant. So – you know, I, what do you I have a, like bone spurs cleared out like after the first I week of the specifically season. what he said. I'd have to go back and look. Yeah. I, 
if I'm if I'm if I'm Harbs, I, I might pump the brakes a little bit on all of this. It's up to how they feel the balls in their court. Because when they come out and get in front of a microphone, and then they can speak to the extent of their injuries and their recovery, which you haven't, I kind of can backfire you on a little backfire on you a little bit. So I'd be a little careful about all this. Is how they feel stuff. Well, he has to play the part as a coach in that point. And and as an arm of the as an arm of the administ- of the organization, yeah. which is basically saying as an organization, the information that is out allowed to be out, this is how we have to operate. So therefore, even though they know Ronnie's had two surgeries on his ankle or whatever procedure, other procedure he had, they have to present something. And unfortunately. They can only give half truth because of privacy and the yeah. fact that they don't want to tell everybody what their surgeries these guys have had and this, that, and the other. So you have to put it on the onus of the player. And if the player wants to be accountable for why he's not on the field, then that player has to address that. If he, if he doesn't, he lives in this world of, well, you are soft. You won't get on the field. You don't. It's a catch-22 on both sides. You either be accountable for what happened to you or you live in this world of obscurity and people pick you apart because they don't know. Are you comfortable with that? Then go play ball. If not, you're going to be over here complaining about, well, you didn't know this, you didn't know that. Well, I had to take care of this. Well, no one cares because you haven't been on the field in 36 games. But he might be. Come Sunday night. <laughs> he might be come Sunday night. I know it's a steal. Hey, I believe it when I see it because we heard might be going into the Bills game, right? Oh, this is the best he's – this is the most he's practiced. And then when he didn't go Friday, I knew. So, like, he had full Wednesday, full Thursday. And then when he didn't go Friday, I was like, okay, man, he ain't playing this week. Nah. Now, we get three days of full this week, then okay. I think we can see Sunday night. But did you notice, though, that since Falele has been playing pretty decent over there, except for yeah. one quarter. All right. Well, I wouldn't say one quarter. I would say two drives. Yeah, I think he had to get used to si- he had to get used to the silent count. He was, <laughs> he was like, he was oh, like what are y'all doing? <laughs> He's like, oh, we, we doing that? Oh. Okay. Not, nobody saying height? Yeah, yeah, I think he had to get used to break. Because when he was coming out of his stance late, I had to, it took me a while to realize. I was like, oh, that's the They going to suck. He, he don't know. He like, oh, he didn't practice. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then once he got comfortable with that, he was pretty good. So here's the question. Even though Moses is kind of struggling over in the right tackle. Oh, you already know where I'm going with that. <laughs> I already know. If, if, no, I'm just saying. Why not, it, Is it possible that Stanley gets pipped? Think about it. Oh, no. Well, what's his salary hit next year? Can they get out of the contract? I don't think so. I'll look it up real quick, but I don't think so. I think I well, let me I would never say never to <laughs> right. Let me go. I mean, what is, this is the third year of that deal, correct? Of that five year deal he sent he signed. I'm, I'm just about to tell you. So here we are. We're 2022. Yeah, that's the third year. Okay, yeah, no, they can't do nothing with it. They can't get out of it. So he uh let's see. 
his cap hit this year was a little over 12 million. He's got four, almost 48 million in dead money. Uh, if they were to do anything this year, and then 2023, yeah. it's 35 million in dead money. Like no. in the mid, the dead money doesn't get manageable until 2025. <laughs> it's like yeah. six. It's like 6.6 .6 million in 2025. They they gonna get they gonna get something out of him. Yeah, and then in 2025, dead money, like I said, it's like 6.6. .6, but then you get 20 million in savings. You know, if they don't, they'll probably restructure it right because that's the last year. So they'll probably restructure it before then. But um, if he is healthy and i'm not gonna say that he's all pro ronnie stanley because who knows if he can ever get back to that but if he's at least healthy where he can be out on the field and can play an entire game consistently i would just say i'm not ready to do it yet but if things continue trending the way that they're trending i may be open to kicking filele over the right tackle and having Ronnie at left. I understand they paid Moses. I understand that. I have no issue with that. But, I, you know, Moses has been a little up and down, I think, for me. It's been a little up and down. Well, he was brought in to be the stopgap. Yeah. One year, two year, however that was going to be. Yeah. Because they, you know, they were going to bring in the right tackle. They knew that. And they they found one. They Falele will probably be the right tackle at some point this year. Probably after the bye week, if not sooner. Yeah, and I, and then look, he's he's got a five million dollar dead money hit this year, so I'm not saying they're going to do anything no. with Moses. I mean, he's going to be on the team and he's going to play. Yeah, uh, and more than likely, he will probably even if Ronnie does come back and play left tackle, more than likely he will stay at right tackle, and Falele will kind of just be that extra guy. Um, but like I said, I, I want to pump the brakes on that a little bit. It's something I've been kicking around because I'm like, eh. I don't know that I would pull the trigger on that just yet. If it continues the way it's been, where he's kind of up and down, maybe after the bye, you say, you know, because you know what I'm thinking of? It reminds me a little bit of James Hurst, Orlando Brown situation, uh -huh. his rookie year, where it was kind of like, all right, Hurst is the stopgap, basically, jack of all trades on, back then for them. He's basically Macari 1.0. <laughs> right, McCarry can play even more positions than hers, but the similar type dudes. And you had this rookie who just wasn't ready to play yet, right? Orlando Brown Jr. He was he was still you know kind of learning some things. But then once he got in, it was his job, and he didn't give that job back up. Now more now Morgan Moses, I'm, I, he's probably a little better than James Hurts, right? But just the, the the situation is similar to me, where you got this rookie, he comes in. He plays pretty well. And you show you know what? Maybe we need to ride this out a little bit. Cause that's the future. Morgan, Morgan's not the future. <laughs> you know what I mean? No disrespect to him. He he he's a good guy. He's he's extremely durable. I mean, guy doesn't miss games. And that there's there's a lot to be said just for that. Uh and obviously he's a vet. And so he's not gonna have the same kind of mistakes that a guy like like uh Falali or Filet Lappins would probably have as a rookie. But I think there's more upside potential. Uh -huh. And that's what I felt like with Orlando Brown Jr., right? You kind of knew what Hurst was going to be, but you didn't know for Orlando Brown. But you're like, but it could be really good. <laughs> if it's if it's what we think it can be, yeah. it could be really good. And that offensive line that started in 2018 and then carried over into the 2019 offensive line, probably the best offensive line they've had under Lamont, that group with Ronnie and Hillman, the tackles, 
um, you know, insert random center <laughs> to Marshall right. can insert random left guard. <laughs> it was yeah. probably the best lines that they had. And this line could get close to that. Again, like I said, you get a healthy Stanley. Uh, ben Power's been okay. You know, not not setting the world on fire, but been okay. Uh, Leonard Baum, I think, is legit. I think he's, he's a legit dude. Um, Zeidler, solid dude. Been around. You know what he's got. And then whether it's, it's Moses or Falele, I think you're, you're good either way. But like I said, maybe a little bit more upside with Falele. So, I mean, they could have the makings of a, of a pretty solid offensive line um, if that shakes out. But we'll see. It all starts uh, when Ronnie gets back on the field, and then you'll see, you know, kind of how you want to maneuver and how you want that to shake out. Hey, look, all I know is, and we can get ready to, to, to wrap this thing up, is Sunday night, Bengals coming to town. My man talked about, I don't know what we beat him by last year, a lot to a little. You know, I'm not letting that go. <laughs> Burrow, he's got the pet. He's got the pet. Okay. He's got to. There, there. You, he ran his mouth. Got to watch out for T. Higgins. Oh, got to watch out for all them dudes. But, <laughs> but here's the thing. Teams have realized if you take away Jamar Chase over the yeah. top. We'll just double him. <laughs> Who that, offense, over the top? that offense, that offense does nothing. Yeah, we'll just put it's just jump balls to T. Higgins at that point. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, when you go back and you look at it last year, it was amazing that they were able to do it at the rate that they did it. But it was just go balls. It just yeah. go balls to just go balls. I'll and get people, you. And, and people just hadn't, I guess. Well, they were blitzing what... the young guy. They were blitzing yeah. Burrow. They were like, oh, he's a young guy. He doesn't understand a blitz. He torches the blitz all year. Yeah, but now it's like, no, you know what? We'll sit huh. back too deep. Or we'll you, keep, you get, you know, yes, you get the keep, Lamar treatment. Yeah, yes, or, we'll, or we'll cover two to chase wherever side here. Which I'm surprised that they don't put him inside more to try to get him away from somebody. Because they got those two tight ends, and Hayden Hurst is actually playing well. Hurst, hey, one thing Hayden Hurst can do is he can catch. Uh, yeah. He's always he can catch. He can't block, but he can sure catch. He, he can catch the ball. But like you said, Higgins is dangerous. Boyd used to always light them up before Higgins and Chase got there, but he's kind of he's kind of falling. To yeah. maybe the third, the third row, but you still, you know, you can't sleep on him because I would say slot corner still kind of up in the air right now for them. I mean, I, Stevens is, is playing there the most, and I like Stevens, as you know. We both is pro Brandon Stevens mm-hmm. podcast, um, but I still don't know that he's a true corner. He's a DB. I don't know if he's a true. He's corner, a free safety, but he's a yeah. He's a free safety. But he can play inside, and he has. Yeah, played. he can play all the spots. Yeah, but he's a free safety. Yeah, so you know he's 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 gonna he's gonna win some. He's gonna lose some in man to man. You know, playing playing inside at times because he does like to put his hands on people, which I'm okay with. <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind how physical he is. Yeah, I'll I'm take I'll that. take a I'll take a five yard every once in a while with him. That's yeah, fine. I'm, I'm I'm fine with that. Get your hands on these dudes. Let him know you're there. You know, like we talked about before, he he likes to make sure when he get when he tackles dudes, he's he's straddling on me. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell, you can tell he he grew up, he went to school in Texas. That's what I they love. teach in Texas. I love it, man. Stay, stay slow, yeah. roll off that foul. I love it. He did that to Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox getting all mad. I'm like, I'm oh man, I saw the elbow to the back. I loved what it. What you, what you get mad for? I was getting out. <laughs> so he he's my kind of guy. Uh, but yeah, that that's gonna be that's gonna be a good matchup. Um, 
Bengals offensive line has continued to have trouble. So if there's one of those games, you know, you have a handful of them a year, you know, kind of a get right game for your pass rush. This could be one. I mean, you got a quarterback who knows how to get the ball out. So secondary is going to be on their P's and Q's. But that offensive line, you you can probably get some work done against that offensive line. They, they just can't let they can't let them run the football because they haven't been able to run the football all year. And you know they're going to try. They're going to try because they know what the state of their offensive line is. So I mean, they've got it. They've got to try. And they know the Ravens have, you know, maybe had like you said, they they've kind of especially on the edges. They, they've they've had some issues dealing with the run on the edges. Yeah. So. Uh, I expect them to, and it's a division game. So there ain't no tricking anybody. There ain't no fooling anybody. No, <laughs> everybody absolutely knows, not. Everybody knows what the other, you know, what each other is going to do. And then it's just going to be a matter of who does it better. Absolutely. So, so that's going to be a fun one. Uh, so we'll, we'll look forward to uh, recapping that game when it comes out. Any, uh, any final thoughts before we get up out of here? No. All right. Hey. Nah, it's good. Nah, <laughs> short and sweet. Keep it, keep it short and sweet. That's it. Not, not today. Well, I mean, we'll probably, like we said, we need to do another show on on the yeah. on that other stuff we were talking yeah. about for sure. Yeah. We so. we got we got to find a way to carve out some time. And I mean, even if even if we end up pushing that to the bye week, I mean, I want that to like not have any competition. So we yeah. want it to be like, oh, people are thinking about games. What about this? What not? Nah. You really need to be dialed in to that if you haven't been, which I imagine you 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 either don't want to hear about it uh, <laughs> or you, you've been living under a rock because there ain't no way uh, that you cannot no be way. aware. Yeah, there ain't no way that you cannot be aware. If you're a football fan, if you're an NFL fan, there's no way that you're not aware of these issues, especially going back to Flores' lawsuit and all that. So if, if, you, if you're like, oh, I didn't know, it's because you don't want to know. You know, um, but if you listen to us, you're gonna know. <laughs> and so, and if, hey, you if you don't listen to us, you're gonna know. <laughs> yeah, either way, either way, and like I said, when that when those kinds of shows come out and people get turned off or get rubbed the wrong way, look, there are a million other podcasts out there, and I love everybody who listens and interacts with us and rates or subscribe. It takes any time to do any of that, so I'm not trying to drive anybody away. But at the same time, if that's not your thing and you're like oh man i wish they wouldn't talk about that stuff then this ain't the podcast for you because we are going to talk about it and that's just yeah. that's just how it's going to be so i just like to put that disclaimer out there if that's how you feel about it then like i said there's a bunch of other stuff out there <laughs> so yeah. hey. but for those who are open to it and like what we do uh we appreciate y'all of course thank you uh continue to like subscribe share tell a friend to tell a friend and we don't do no overtime. We are out of here.